one side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K, ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we'll be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are on the air together uh, in the studio again. So anyway, today is Wednesday, the... 24th yes sir it's the 24th yeah what do you march think is that? moving along yeah, yeah we're about out of march already yeah. hey i read this today just a quick it, usually by the way swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth we had 96 warriors gather last night here at the salem center to go through discipleship training rick brackett did a great job rick brackett of east west ministries and brad sykes and i uh, was so happy to have all these guys come together and actually do training. You know the difference between training and teaching? You do stuff? Uh, yeah. Well, teaching uh, transfers knowledge or information, right? Yeah. But training, you develop skills. Yeah, practical application. It's practical application. And he gave a great illustration talking about me and him being pilots you know, they didn't take us into flight school and give us all, you know, teach us about Bernoulli's principle and all the things, how aerodynamics work. And they go, okay, go get in a plane, take it up. Hmm. They took us out with an instructor who trained us. And he didn't train us by just letting us go and do what we wanted to do, which is how most discipleship plans <laughs> tend to work. They give you information. Okay, now go do it. Right. No, Jesus said, follow me. And so, uh, anyway, it was great training last night. And uh, I, for those who were not able to make it, um, I, I, hope, uh, I hope you can get with somebody who did. We're probably going to publish it online uh, because it was really good training uh, and really helpful to how to disciple somebody and, and so that somebody else can disciple somebody. It's like he's uh, rick's got four generations of people now he's discipling guy who's discipling guy who's discipling a guy mm. and and uh, and one of his guys that he's discipling guy named aaron came last night and he actually let him teach get yeah. up in front of 96 people and teach which he did a great job of taking us through the process so it was a great tool and uh, i'm so thankful that rick was able to do that but usually in the first segment we get into what's going on in our culture What's going on in the world? I just read this today, and I know you'll have something to say to it. Um, based on the data of U.S. deaths through August of last year, um, there was a new CDC counting system put in place mm. that some people think may have violated federal law. But get this, Taylor. If they had used the original system that has been very well used in the past, only 9,000 deaths would have been attributed to COVID. Wow. But because they brought in a new system, guess what? 161,000 deaths 
were attributed to COVID. Mm. So because of this new system, 150,000 deaths that weren't necessarily due to COVID. Right. Yeah, there's a big difference. Do you think there was political motivation there? Do you think there was uh, any kind of politics involved in that decision? Oh, big time. Uh, It's just like crazy. And, And we are so manipulated and such a bunch of sheep that are gullible to being, you know, and here's the thing. It's not that we have to, um, we, we don't have to fight for, you know, things that really are temporal, but we are to defend truth mm-hmm. and we are to stand for truth. And, you know, there were people that thought some of this stuff wasn't right. And, um, you know, spiritual warriors advancing truth. We're obviously talking about the truth of Jesus, the truth of his word. But we are to stand for truth. Satan is the father of lies. And if people are having to lie about something, there's a reason for it. It's not mm-hmm. a good reason to lie Yeah. Um, uh, for about these deaths. Why would they manipulate that data like that? Except for political gain, mm-hmm. political capital. And it's just, it's just wrong. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's just not the way it should be. And yeah. so, uh, I just didn't know, had you seen that? No. Uh, no, I, you know, I'd heard, uh, things about that, but I hadn't actually seen that report and you know, it, it's wrong and it's not right, but it's also not surprising, uh, given where we are as a country. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've heard, you know, for a year, or, or more now, uh, instances of someone dying from, you know, a motorcycle accident, but they tested them, oh, had COVID, death of co- from COVID, you know, hit by a bus, oh, no, that's COVID. Um, so it, it's really not too big of a shock, but the fact that it actually came out with the uh, actual data is pretty interesting. That- yeah, and they think that they might have violated federal law in doing what they did by doing that because mm-hmm. they didn't, they did, they went through a process. But anyway, I, I just thought, once again, we are manipulated, and people just go go into it. And, and after a year, still, you know, a lot of people who are panicked and worried, and, you know, we're not saying, obviously, that it doesn't kill a certain segment, that it's not very dangerous to a certain segment of the population, but for the vast majority of people, you know, the way that we as a culture have been behaving, it's not warranted mm. uh, based on what we're facing. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, uh, you and I were talking before the program, and you were telling me about Utah. Tell tell our listeners what you read about happening going on in Utah. Yeah, I just saw a um, an article. The headline was that uh, Utah governor signs a measure to require porn blocking filters on devices, and I thought it was pretty interesting because you were talking about um, running through some st- statistics, and Utah is one of the uh, or had the biggest subscription rate to pornography uh, sites. Um, so I thought it. I mean, I guess it would make sense that, you know, we're having the biggest problem that someone's actually starting to do something. But, you know, we had talked about how that hadn't been part of the conversation. And, and but it really like, hasn't. Oh, yeah. Even to even to to date, you don't hear that much about yeah. it, you know. But I guess like parallel that somebody was actually uh, looking at that and doing something with that. So it'll be interesting to see how that legislation and, goes. Through. And, you know, again, another thing that's interesting is that shooter out in Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. still people are like i don't you find it interesting that that guy shoots these people very methodically according mm-hmm. to one witness 
then takes his clothes off and says, I surrender. Mm. Now, who does that? First of all, if you're so mentally deranged that you just start shooting people, most of those people realize at that point they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to get the death penalty, or and they just they they just try to die by a police officer, or the police officer so overwhelmed them. But he started taking his clothes off and said, "I surrender." We don't know all the facts, other than a witness did report that. I mm-hmm. did hear a witness report that that he just took his clothes off and said, "You know, I surrender. I surrender." Hmm. Which is very unusual yeah. for a mass casualty shooter like that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's strange. I can't really say as to his motives, but yeah, that's something that's definitely out of the the norm, out of the ordinary. Well, the other thing was he was on a uh, apparently the FBI knew about him yeah. because he he was connected to somebody on their watch list. I saw that. Yeah. So, um, but I want to get back to the. Um, the whole idea of uh, pornography and even let's just talk about sexual immorality period, whether it's homosexuality, adultery, uh, you know, premarital intercourse, mm-hmm. any of it, uh, pornogra- pornography, all that stuff. The Bible's pretty clear when it says this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. Yeah. There's, there's no ambiguity there, right? Mm-hmm. In first Thessalonians four, and there's a guy named Stephen Tracy, um, who's a professor out at Phoenix Seminary, and he wrote a book or an article actually, uh, where he talks about the five consequences of disobeying God's word. Most of us don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. We just think, uh, I know it's not the best thing. I probably uh, I'm going to suffer for it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? right? That's where. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. That's how we go. So he says, first of all, in terms of marital satisfaction, one of the most widespread modern myths is that couples need to live together before they get married to see if they're compatible relationally and sexually, and and it enhances their future marriage. But he says, in reality, research shows that couples that live together before marriage have higher infidelity Mm -hmm. rates, lower satisfaction marital rates and higher divorce rates than those who don't. Um, a study showed that four, over 1,400 couples that cohabitated before marriage reported poorer marital quality and greater marital instability. So that's the first thing he cites. Second, he says, cohabitating couples are more likely to physically abuse each other than those who are non-cohabitating dating couples or married couples. Uh, that's from the Department of Justice. Three, cohabitators have been found to be twice as likely to be unfaithful to their partners as those who are married. Uh, fourth, sexual abstinence before marriage is the only 100% effective method of birth mm. control, contrary to popular belief, guaranteeing that women will not have to deal with an unplanned pregnancy. Um, and many researchers think out-of-wedlock births is the single most significant factor influencing long-term poverty in our country. And then fifth, sexually transmitted disease in the U.S. is among the highest in the industrialized world. Did you know that? Mm -mm. Yeah. In addition to their health consequences, they create a great economic burden with direct medical costs somewhere in the neighborhood of $15 billion. So, yeah, so it's not just a God thing. It's a consequential thing for us, and we need to... Uh, we need to the god's got these boundaries for a reason yeah right all right we're up against the break so stick with us we'll be back with more in a second 
You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night. That is Even If uh, by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we have a caller on the line. Wait, before you get to this caller, I have to say this because I just went out for lunch with my wife. And again, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, beat up people that want to wear a mask. But, you know, it's really bad. I went to a restaurant and tables are within a foot and a half of the serving line. Mm. And there's people with no mask on there. But you have to wear a mask, even though they've got plexiglass up there through the serving line. Mm. And then you could take it off. People get up and walk away from their their um table without a mask on and you're like uh okay so so lori and i go in there and we didn't have a mask on and the lady goes i'm sorry um sir you gotta have a mask do you have a mask i said no i don't have a mask i don't wear a mask well uh you can't get food here and i said okay we'll just take our business elsewhere and we left and we went to right across the street to another restaurant we walked in People wearing masks, that's fine. We weren't, and they served us in there. And we tipped them great and said, yeah. hey, thank you for for just being reasonable because people are not wearing masks two feet from <laughs> the place you're saying you got to wear it. It does no good. That's just the lunacy of it. Yeah. And, and I, I think if more people would start saying, okay, that's fine if you want to be ridiculous like this, I'm not going to support you right. and go to a yep. place that then they would stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And the manager, by the way, came over uh, and was not real happy with the the person that was that sent us away. Mm. He yeah. said, "Why why'd you do that?" And she said, and he said, "Well, you should." I mean, but we were we were gone yeah. at that point. And I, I just again, it's lunacy and it's the hypocrisy because the political powers that be that make these rules. They don't wear the mask yep. when they only wear them when people are looking. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem with the hypocrisy of it all. 
So I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there. Uh, now, Aaron, welcome to SWAT Radio. What's going on? Hey, uh, so, and I was just flipping through the channels, and if this isn't something that you guys would consider talk radio, that's fine. Um, but maybe we can kind of tie in the mask thing into into what I was going to speak on. But I was just I was just interested in regards to you guys speaking about um, essentially government, um, you know, getting involved in the personal choices of some individuals. Uh, in regards to in regards to the pornography in, in Utah, and obviously I, I think we all recognize that Utah is a, is a pretty big Mormon area, mm-hmm. uh, so they have their 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 individual choices in that regard. But um, do you not think that it sets a precedence involving government into something that you know in some people's eyes might be subjective? And this isn't a, an advocation of or against you know people having pornography prescriptions or, or limiting or, or wanting access to, to a pornography, whether or not I, I, you know, use that or not, that's my prerogative. But do you not think that that creates precedences whenever we decide to get government involved in something that might be subjective from one individual to another? Because, you know, what might be an advocation of you, you know, they could end up coming for something that you, you may not want them to come after in the future. Let's say, let's say gun rights. For, um, or, or for instance, Christian beliefs, uh, they could limit you to like they do in China, the certain websites you can't have over there. Uh, so I, I, I think what I'm just to clarify, I think what your question is uh, to, for the government to come in and mandate it. Um, they're not, what they're not mandating is, um, I, I I think like cause the FCC always has standards, I think. Mm-hmm. But what's funny to me is on TV, the standards are so different than they were 20 years ago. But but there there been standards of obscenity. Like, for instance, you can't put child pornography on the Internet right now. I mean, if you do, you get caught, you're going to go to jail. Right. So for a government to say this is obscene, uh, it, it's OK, I think. I mean, don't you agree with that, Aaron? Aaron, you still there? Did he I'm hang? sorry, I, I, my chin hit the mute button. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely would, would agree that I, I believe child pornography is absolutely wrong and should not be viewed or in any facet, shape, or form. All right, so, um, but, but what about then? To, but, but, but what about other obscenity? Like, just the, the, you know, doesn't, don't you think that there's a, like, and see, this is the problem when you live in a country who who doesn't have judeo-christian values who sets those values who sets those i think taylor wants to read something specific about what they're doing yeah just to to add some context the legislation would require smartphones and tablets sold in utah to have filters that can block pornography and it's a it's not mandated but it's just all they're saying is if you have a smartphone or you have a, a device it, it needs to have a filter already on there. And it's specifically for children yeah. and their access to uh, pornographic material. So um, so, so this, I think that it is the responsibility of the parents to ensure that they are raising their children right and being responsible enough to monitor. I, I, I get an issue in regards. Oh, you're breaking up. I think he keeps hitting his mute button. <laughs> I think Sorry, I, I just think that's where I think that's where it goes in regards to I think that it's ultimately the parents' responsibility and that we shouldn't be 
having government get involved, even if it's something as simple as putting a filter on a phone, because not only that, but then you have to get involved with, you know, the, the, the tech companies have to increase their prices to the consumer to support, you know, having to do that. And ultimately, I'm just mm-hmm. coming from the advocation of limiting government as much as possible in our personal lives as well uh, as well, you know, to, to maximize freedom, whether that's my freedom to to, you know, to pray where I want, when I want or to fly a flag or to buy a Panzer on Amazon, if that's my prerogative. You know what I'm saying? I just think that if we if we are if we're advocating one thing or defending, you know, defending something, even if it's as simple as putting a filter or a block filter on a phone, the next well, government is going to government's going to limit more of our guns. Well, or you maybe see, they're going to limit where we pray. But they're already doing that. So, uh, you know, right. So, and I, and I agree I, with that. But that that doesn't mean that we should take one thing and be okay with it and not be okay with the other. Well, government, we've got to maximize our freedom. Period across the board, whether it's something that we morally agree with or or not. So you're saying maximize freedom with no restraint. But that goes contrary to the founders, which say that, you know, a freedom that the Constitution is only valid for a, a just and moral people. Yeah. So, you know, right. government. They, they, they wrote they wrote the Constitution that, that, you know, our rights were, you know, were, were brought upon us by an endowed creator, not by government. Uh, and, and obviously, right. that's yes, certain and inalienable you know, rights. Morality are. is subjective between one individual to another. Right, but and, and there's in all a standard. honesty, as long as life, liberty, and property isn't infringed upon by another individual, then we should be okay with it, whether or not we morally are okay with it. But you know, so do you think that right to do as we please? Do you think that, um, let's say, libraries should host drag drag queen story hour? Well, honestly, I don't believe in public libraries. I believe that you know, if, if something is is viable and just, that the people will privately you know put contributions to it, or it can be privately ran. I don't even believe in public libraries <laughs> would you say you're uh, uh kind of on the closer to the anarchist uh, no, uh no, side um, of the spectrum anarchy, or no anarchy in its contextual form is just you know without rule it doesn't mean that there is not anarchy doesn't mean that there's no laws in place i mean an, an right. anarchist system could have its own laws within its own system it doesn't mean no rule you know a lot of people you know uh you know in similarity, anarchy with going absolutely insane, and, yeah, and that's that's mm-hmm. actually it's a bad comparison. I would I would dignify myself more along the lines of a libertarian, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even though I'm, you know, I vote re- Republican typically, but I definitely I towards more more towards a libertarian idea. I just believe in maximum freedom, and and I believe that's what the founders believed in was you but know they maximizing didn't. the individual's liberty. You know, as long as it doesn't violate somebody else's life. But they, but they believed in limited freedom. The, see, uh, they, 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 and what what Taylor I think uh, was is is trying to get at. First of all, if if you're going strictly from a biblical standpoint, which our founders, uh, the people who wrote the Constitution, would have called themselves believers, at least fifty two of the fifty five signers did. Uh, were they perfect? No, they were flawed, but they still. They would hold that people are ultimately accountable to God. I believe that's what they they, they believed, not government. However, they they also believe that human government is established by God in order to curb human sin. I think they held to that belief. If you go back and you read some of the things they wrote, that they viewed that the pursuit of happiness, that that you had to have Judeo-Christian values that were somehow enforced. That's why... Most of the laws of the country you you see flowing out of biblical values and biblical laws, and so the in every culture 
uh, some behaviors are considered legal. Some it's di- dictated by the the majority. Uh, if one tribe's stronger than another tribe, maybe, um, or or if one government or one a faction of government stronger than another, but um, we're a democratic republic, and the founders when they established it uh, established three co-equal branches of government to oversee really the implementation of protections that allowed everybody to pursue happiness, at least from their viewpoint. Wouldn't you agree, Taylor? I mean, with that? Yeah. And, you know, like I was saying uh, a second ago, government is always in the business of legislating morality. By passing laws, they're saying this is good, this is bad. So, you know, to say, oh, we want unlimited freedom, that's just not the context of how government works. And, and when it, talking about the fan, founding fathers, excuse me, uh, their reason for being able to have a limited government was because of other structures and things that were set in place um, that would help bind the people to morality. And as far as this law in Utah and how it is directly uh, there to protect minors, uh, I think that to say, you know, oh, well, we should worry about if they're going to come after our guns or our freedom. They've already done that, and they've done it, especially in this past year, multiple times. And it, it, whether there's a, a law on the books that uh, actually legislates morality that we as Christians agree with uh, or not, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they This is a totalitarian um, regime and mindset that is coming at people who believe in the traditional traditional American way regardless of what Utah does. Um, so I understand your concern, uh, and, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from. But governments are really ordained by God. They're one of the institutions that God ordains. And just real quick, Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So if you allow sin to go unchecked as a nation, you're bringing God's curses on that nation. And so our founding fathers understood that. And I know I, I so much appreciate it's a great question. Good thought provoker, Aaron. Thanks for listening and appreciate you listening to SWAT radio. Yeah, we are up against the news break though. We will be back with more after the news. Um, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, a store and window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal trucking and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of highway to eternity ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at at SWATradio.com. That's D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder with Red Letters. If you are just joining us, uh, we just had a, a good call from Aaron in St. Augustine. Um, and just to finish up on that, I, I generally you know, agree with where he's coming from, but I think we need to realize that uh, we are in a different time than I think we, than, than we think we are. And we're in a time of cultural 
uh, civil war. Um, but also we need to realize that as a people, we are not the people that we were during the founding. And we're not the people that uh, have the moral uh, the moral standing for freedom in the way that the well, founders. Well, the morals went out of the window in the 60s yeah. as a whole, as, as our culture. I mean, like, stop and think about it. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you realize back in the 60s when you would watch television shows, it would show men and women asleep in different beds mm-hmm. in their bedroom? Yeah. Married people. Yeah. I mean, like, now you, you see people, boyfriend and girlfriend, asleep mm-hmm. in the same bed. I mean, you don't yeah. see the same morals. And you go, well, that was prudish and that was, you know, unrealistic. Well, there was such a modesty that we've lost now now walk down to south beach miami uh, you don't even have to go there go out to jack's beach go out to ponte Vedra beach go out to uh, neptune beach or uh, or fernandina beach and you see girls wearing things that i don't want to even say because it'll conjure up images for guys but it's far too much of their body showing yeah um and it just you it, we live in a very different time there's no modesty today. Uh, young people have no bounds on their their freedom. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was going to say, if we want to be the people who are able, able and capable to have the freedom, we need to be a moral people and we need to have personal conviction and responsibility as a society as a whole. And if the society leaves, you know, say the Christian morality leaves the church, there's going to be a vacuum of people needing to know how do I live and government is going to come and fill that vacuum, whether it be with a Christian perspective or whether it be not. So what we need to do as people and uh, ourselves, but also our children is to raise them up uh, in the way that they should go. And I guess, you know, with that in mind, that's a good segue into Uh what we're talking about in Acts uh, (laughs) this week, chapter four, verses 13 through 31. If you have not caught what we've talked about in the past uh, few programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com and click on the past programs link and listen there. But uh, just a real quick synopsis of uh, the past two days, we've talked about being an undeniable witness for God. That was in verses 13 through 16. Um, and, you know, talking about how Peter, uh, yeah, Peter and John were uneducated, uneducated and common men, but they were recognized to have been with Jesus and how that we need to be. Uh, undeniable in our witness so that people can't wonder, you know, where they come from, what, who are they standing for? Um, and then also we talked about being an uncompromised warrior. And, uh, that is when they said very forthrightly, whether it is right in the sight of God, you must judge, but we're going to take the consequences because we're fighting for what is right. We're fighting for our God and our King. Um, and then, so that is what we've been through so far. We're going to be getting into, um, being an unstoppable worshiper today and also being an unintimidated worker. Yeah. Uh, unstoppable worshiper slash prayer, uh, is the idea that these men, Peter and John, just to set some context real quick in Acts chapter four, Peter heals a guy who had been lame for 40 plus years. And he says, by the power of the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk that's what i can give you i don't have silver and gold um by the way which blows away all the prosperity gospel but he says what i do give you i give you uh in the name of jesus of nazareth rise and walk 
that's the introduction to the message he preached about Jesus being the only way into right relationship with the Father. Exclusivity of Jesus. There's nobody else, no other name. And there are people in churches all over this country who would consider themselves Christians who believe, oh, there's many ways to God, or God would never condemn anybody to hell. And people, people reject Messiah, and that's why they go to hell. They don't go to hell for being an adulterer, uh, for being a homosexual, for being a thief. They go to hell because they reject Jesus as Messiah. He was sent to the world. It says, for God gave his son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And and so Peter and John are preaching that message. They're arrested. We saw last week that their their attitude was to trust God's plan, to trust his um, power and trust his word. And so in this, uh, this week, the way that looks in their life is they were an undeniable witness, like you said. It says they recognized they had been with Jesus, even though they were uneducated common men. And then it also, we talked about them being uncompromising warriors. They didn't stop. They were told to stop speaking about him. They said, we can't. you got to determine what to do with us, but we don't care about the consequences. We will testify. And it's it, we struggle with a a very conditional belief here for for most Americans. We will believe in Jesus up to a point, but it doesn't cost us anything. And uh, it doesn't cost us anything post-belief. In other words, the evidence for our belief is seen in what we do with our life. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody can say they believe, but true belief is always demonstrated by the evidence of the work of your life. And what do they do? They leave this time of of being released because they couldn't do anything with them. And I'm going to have you read verse 23 through 31, where the first thing they do is they go back to their friends when they were released, and they pray. And they praise. First they praise, then they, they ask God. Both are encompassed in prayer, praise and request. But we just focus so much on the requests, we don't even praise a lot of times. But notice what their prayers. If you're listening, listen, think about your own prayer life. It does it does it sound like this? Read that passage, Taylor, twenty three through thirty one. All right. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father, David, your servant said to the Holy spirit or said by the Holy spirit, excuse me, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The Kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your Holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered 
together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So they prayed for boldness, verse 30, verse 31, God granted it to them. Mm. He answered their prayer because they prayed uh, asking God for something that God wanted to give them. So often in our prayers, when we pray, we're only, we're asking God for things he doesn't want to mm-hmm. give us mm-hmm. because he knows he's not going to give us something that's going to be harmful to us. And so I want to point out two thoughts about this text today, uh, going along with being an undeniable witness and an uncompromising warrior. They were unstoppable worshiper prayers. They went from these men not resting on the fact that they were bold for Christ, they suffered. They go right back to their friends and say, we need to pray. We need to go before the Lord. And how do they start? They start with praise. They said, oh, sovereign Lord. In other words, you're in charge. That You're the one in charge. You made the heaven and earth. In other words, they were acknowledging that he made everything here. He's in control. He is sovereign. And they quote from Psalm 2. Now, what's interesting about that, it's a messianic psalm. But you know what it says in that psalm? It says that God looks at the leaders of earth who are thinking they have power and they think they have authority, and he laughs at them. Mm. Their power is nothing to him. He gives them their power. And and that's what he quotes right there. Why? Because they recognize these men didn't let them go. God chose for them to be let go at that moment. Yeah, God was in control. And it says, uh, and because and he's saying, In this text, Luke is writing about Pilate and Herod, leader of the Jews, leader of the Romans in that area, and they did what it it says, they they did whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So nothing happens to us apart from the sovereignty of God. But notice it started with praise. I think of 1 Chronicles 29, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, and the victory, and the majesty for all that is in heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted. Psalm 22, verse 3, You are holy. You're enthroned upon the praises of Israel, and you, our fathers, trusted. They trusted you, and you delivered them. To you they cried, and they were rescued. In you they trusted, and they were not put to shame. Or Jeremiah, verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 6, There's none like you, O Lord. You are great. Your name is great. They were praising God, looking to him, exalting him, and then they let their request be made known. Think so often, you know, when you go to churches and fill out a prayer request form, it should say, I praise God for blank Hmm. before it ever asks a request. And then I'm asking God for blank so that blank I can Mm -hmm. praise him. That's what it should be. But even our prayers are so human-centered. That's why I love Daniel chapter 6. Daniel's told you can't pray anymore. You know what he does? He opens up his window so the world can see. He does what he always does. He's a prayer. He's a prayer. We have the freedom to pray, and we don't pray. This uh, We're not being uh, thrown into prison for praying, but he was threatened to do that, and they eventually threw him into a lion's den, but God shut the mouth of the lion's. Romans 8, 31 says, if God's for us, who can be against us? If you really believe that, then you'll be praying. When you go through persecution, you're going to be praying. And when we come back, we're going to look at 
being an unintimidated worker because these men were bold. Verse 31 says they continue to speak that truth. And we're going to look at being an unintimidated worker when we come back for this last segment. All right, stick with us. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 31 this week. And today we're looking at verses 23 through 31 uh, specifically. So if you uh, have any questions, uh, you can call, but we're probably not going to be able to get to you today because we have to finish this up because this is the last day of the week and we talked too much yesterday. <laughs> we talked uh, a lot yesterday <laughs> about other stuff. But anyway, hey, I, I just want to get back into this unstoppable prayer and worshiping. And and I'm not saying we can't ask God our needs. We want to take our needs to him. He wants us to share our needs, but we need to start with praising him and and then go into our needs and ask him like in Psalm fifty uh, 15, he says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you'll glorify me. Or Psalm 91, which a lot of times is known as the warrior's psalm or the, the soldier's psalm, because he holds fast to me in love, God says, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Do you know his name? That doesn't just mean you know about his name. It means you mm. know him. You know who he is. You know him. You have a relationship with him, a a good relationship, an intimate relationship. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. He says, I will rescue him and honor him. Hebrews 13, 6 says, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. You know, one of the reasons we get intimidated, and I, I chose those words unintimidated worker purposely, because unintimidated is what we should be. The world should not intimidate us. Satan should not intimidate us. And we should be workers. The problem is, if you're not working, you're not a worker. Mm-hmm. You're just a hanger-on. Mm-hmm. He didn't call us to be hanger-ons. He wants us to be unintimidated workers. And in verse 31, notice it says, 
when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken and they were filled with the spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They were bold. They were strong. They were courageous. The Hebrew, um, Hebrew is, uh, is, is rock, which is only be Kazakh strong Amats and courageous. So it's rock Kazakh Amats. Paul said in second Corinthians 12 verse 10, when I am weak, then he is strong. All strength and courage for the glory of God is what we should be exemplifying to people that we are bold like David who take took on Goliath like Daniel going into the lion's den, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where is that boldness today? You know, uh, Moses had to tell Joshua three different times, both in Deuteronomy and Joshua, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous, don't be afraid. And I love what it says over in Isaiah 31, uh, verse 4. For thus says the Lord to me, as a lion or a young lion growls over his prey when a band of shepherds is called out against him, he is not terrified by their shouting or daunted at their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight on Mount Zion on its hill. What he's saying is you think, uh, I don't know, I was in Masai Mara over in uh, Kenya. When you're over there and you're out in the, the game preserves and you see a lion eating meat, it, it he ain't scared of nobody, man. Mm-hmm. He's eating that meat. If you try to mess with him, he he ain't afraid. You can holler at him. He ain't moving. Mm-hmm. He's eating. And that's the picture that Isaiah is painting right there. Shepherds come around, try to scare him. He's not going anywhere. And what God's saying is, I am like that lion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come down and fight for you. That's why David could go on the battlefield and say, hey, it's this is the Lord's battle. You know, well, You guys aren't representing him very well down there. And, and if you ask people, Taylor, why they don't share the gospel, why they're not discipling people, fear, mm. the number one answer. And so there's a guy named Eric Ludy, and I'm going to play this real quick. Um, and what it is, Eric Ludy did this thing uh, about rock Kazakh Amats. And in this um, little it's a video, actually, uh, that my wife sent me, and it really sparked in me to think about this and think about how important it is for us to be bold because we represent what we believe by the way we carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. What we really believe is displayed in our life. And so I want to play this for people, and hopefully, Steve, it'll come through okay. I'm going to try it right here um, and see if it works. It may not be the best sound quality, but I think, Steve, you can tweak it a little bit. This is Eric Ludy in the ancient war cry, Rock Kazakh. So listen as we finish up our time today. It's going to take just a second to, to uh, get going here. Sorry about that. Okay, I know what's going on. Sorry. Sorry, we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty, but we're going to get it. It's going to work. Just takes a second. Yeah, you talked it all up. It better yeah, right I know. My everybody's all excited <laughs> about it, man. I'm just uh, trying to get it going. Sometimes it doesn't work out like we planned. Uh, right? Yeah, technology would be that way, right? Yeah. Oh, I, 
You you had it for me the other day. Yes. Well, you, you out of data. Is yeah. that what the problem is? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's not that I'm out of data. It's just that uh, it for some reason was not playing. I was trying to get it to go, and it what? Oh, that's why. That's now now maybe it'll go. I keep getting people calling me on this. I'm trying to play it through my phone. That's why. Uh, well, maybe. Oh, I think I figured it out, Taylor. There, there we- it goes. Where's our war cry? We don't even know that we're at war. We don't understand that we're in hostile territory. This isn't the time of peace. This gets the principalities and the powers that are Moses' 
his last gasp. This is his great speech before the promised land, which he never got to enter into. And he's laying out the ground rules for the kingdom that is about to be established across that Jordan River. Be strong and of good courage. Kasach amongst Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that does go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Kasach Hamas, be strong and of good courage. For thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. What's happening there? The men and women of God are coming to take what was purchased, the promise. You were surrounded by 31 hostile empires. You know, that's what they were headed into. 31 empires on the other side of that Jordan River. 31. This is where we are at as the church of Jesus Christ. Yet we are there without a war cry. Let's understand that we are out to win for the glory of Jesus Christ. And even if we die, we win. doesn't matter what happens to our bodies. We obey, God wins. Now suddenly we're crossing. Joshua is the same name for Jesus in the New Testament, by the way. Yeshua. This is the Savior, the man of salvation, who has come in to bring us into the inheritance. Strong and good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Rock the sock. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Rock the sock, Israel. Rock the sock, men and women of God. Rock the sock, men and women of God. All right, make sure you tune in tomorrow for the Just Thinking podcast. Uh, Doug is interviewing them. Uh, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. See you tomorrow. Rock Have a nice Kazak. day. Yeah. Rock Kazak. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual...